Good afternoon, collectors, and welcome to Layton's Loft, our weekly podcast here. You can find us every Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We have a full docket to discuss today, plus whatever is going on in the sports world, which, you know, it's a lot, right? Baseball has just started. I know you're not much of an NBA guy, Lou, but, you know, they're starting to think about the playoffs, so, you know, that... uh that buzz is in the air. Football, even though it's way off, just because I'm in New York, because of what happened with Darnold, yep. uh, is really at the forefront of everyone's mind, or at least you know mine. Um, I can't remember being this excited about a draft. I'm very excited about the draft, and it's not Patriots related. It just it's just an interesting first round. I just want to see how it all plays out. I agree. Hey, J5, can you pull up the uh, chat for me here on the computer? Thanks. Um, uh, it's going to be uh, interesting. Now, Lou, what is the exact date of the NFL draft? Oh, that's a damn good question. Is it, they start on, do they start Thursday at the end of May, at the end of April, Thursday, the 29th. I'm going to check that. April 29th. April 29th per Dougie. April 29th. Yeah. So round, uh, uh round one is April 29th. And then, uh, they run through Saturday too, I think. Very cool. There is also a uh, – what's up, Kev? <laughs> oh, nice. Loft in the White Sox. I like it. What's going on, Joseph? Afternoon, Bry, Todd, Lucas, and the rest of the gang. Thanks for joining us here on The Loft. Lots of fun hobby stuff to discuss. Hey, Ernie, how are you? Um, you know, of course, uh, lots of stuff going on as well in the sports world. And then, Dougie, we were about to get to it. Uh, big event this weekend in wrestling. Right. Not just because it's WrestleMania – but I also think, you know, from what I was listening to on the radio, I was, I was listening to Rosenberg interview uh, Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon. Yep. Um, you know, they're really – it sounds like they're legit pumped because there's going to be 25000 per day. And, you know, let's be honest, other than living in Texas, uh, <laughs> you know, or maybe parts of Florida, I guess, where they don't really care yep. uh, or it appears they don't – are as, are not as concerned about COVID. Um, you know, that's that's a pretty large crowd. Uh, for WrestleMania, so they said they're allowing in twenty five thousand per day Saturday and Sunday. Nice, very it's... cool. Joseph says he'll be at WrestleMania on Sunday. That's awesome. Oh, oh good for him. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Uh, Rosenberg said he was leaving. I think on Friday morning. Yeah, he does the pregame. Yeah, that's that's cool. I know. Sounds like a good old time. I've never been to a WrestleMania, but I've been to one or two. You know, WWF sanctioned events back in the day yeah and, and i'm fairly certain that uh, uh i know we wouldn't have gone if ultimate warrior wasn't fighting but i don't know if he fought that day for the intercontinental belt but i'm pretty sure ravishing rick food fought that night mm -hmm. he might have fought warrior i'm not sure um but you know definitely have fond memories of that uh and so gang we're going to do something special today for wrestlemania in just a minute or two dougie is going to uh ask the community a question about wrestling oh. and first place prize today instead of it being random off is going to be given to the person who gets the question correctly doug will answer that in just a few minutes you do have to answer it correctly on layton's loft facebook page so that way it's just easier for you dougie to keep track yeah. um the person who gets the question correctly uh, lou is going to get first place today on Layton's Loft, you know, we typically give away seven prizes during our show. Okay, well, great. first place today, Lou, is going to be a full pack of 1985 WWF wrestling, oh, um, right. which, by the way, is not a cheap pack. 
And because it's a small set, as Dougie just said, you know, collaborated on before I came on, he got a decent chance of pulling a Hogan. Um, you know, they're not just the number one card, but there's several Hogan cards in the set. So I just figured it'd be apropos to uh, to open a 1985 WWF wrestling pack here live today from the loft being held at the 459. Very nice. Uh, so, Dougie, if you want to just jot it down, the other six prizes after the pack will be a 1968 baseball separate spot and then five 1973s. And for folks that um, are interested in our set breaks but have never really bought into one, um, we had two last night at 8 o'clock. Uh, we also have a bunch on our site, you know, baseball, basketball. I'm not sure if we have football in stock at the moment. I still think we have a 79 uh, as well. Um, but uh, it does allow you, of course, not only have a chance to win a free spot today by tuning into our show and participating here on Layton's Loft, our weekly uh, show starting at 4.30 on Wednesdays, but it also allows you to, you know, have a chance at, uh, you know, pulling maybe a card from a set you wouldn't normally buy, yep. um, you know, a set break spot in. So, um, and of course, if you end up getting first place, even if you're not a wrestling fan, generally most folks are fans of money. And so if you end up getting the wrestling pack um, and you pull some, uh, you know, Hogan's in high grade, they're yep. going for really good money these days. Oh, and why not? Hulk was a hit. Hulk was an icon. Uh, yes, he was. Yes, he was. So um, super excited about uh, that prize today and opening the pack here live on the show. So, Dougie, uh, you got you. Let me know when we're ready, um, because I'd like to ask the question, establish a winner, and then um, you know shortly thereafter we'll open up the pack for them. Sure, I think it'll make great uh, content. Um, so, before we uh, get to that, speaking of tops and eighty-five WWF, um, tops was in the news this past week. Yeah. They are now going public again, uh, in a SPAC deal, and I'm not going to pretend that I know what it is. I I could regurgitate it to you, but I'm not in the finance world. Um, and so, uh, perfect timing there, Rob. Um, uh, you know, I do know that people have had, you know, various feedback about tops going public. It mean the sense of, Hey, does that mean that they're going to ramp up the presses? Um, yeah. you know, what does it mean to basically Joe average collector? Uh, and so we were going to talk about that just for a minute or two before we do our wrestling, um, you know, trivia question for today. So, um, my take on it, Lou, uh, is, you know, a few angles. And the first is, hey, it doesn't really matter if you're in baseball cards, diapers, or jewelry, um, or anything in between. If you're a public company, you got to produce numbers. I know that much from going to business school at Rutgers College, you know, from learning a little bit about public companies and such, uh, and my limited experience, uh, you know, since then. Um, so, uh, you know, in regards to, um, you know, tops and, and IE reaching numbers, I do believe that it could be a combination of they're going to produce more product, you know, meaning volume, more actual units. But I believe that they're also going to come out with more product uh, in their product line. Yep. So instead of having 11 products, they might have 27 because ultimately that 27 products will yield more volume in terms of dollars of sales, thus more margin hitting their bottom line, i.e. a public company. Mm -hmm. um, however, and I know a lot of people think that's bad, and I'm not saying that is good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it is. Um, you know, one of the things that I've heard, uh, you know, Dougie, Lou, and the rest of the gang that's tuned in here today on Layton's Loft, 
not just for the last several months, but really for the last like couple of years, is the inability for uh, folks to get retail product. So hopefully if they produce more, there'll be an easier time for folks to be able to get some retail product in their hands. If that's, you know, what, what you desire. Um, I saw that as well, Rob, that 35% of their sales are from their confectionery line. Um, but business is business. So they're going to try to grow that 35% of their candy business. They're going to try to grow the rest of their business as well. You know, when you, when you go public, I believe they'll leave no stone uh, unturned. Now, Rob brings up the point. That's This is my first question on this, because when I heard this news, I'm thinking to myself, there's tremendous growth in the hobby, but I'm not sure the card manufacturer is the place where the growth is going to be, because obviously vintage and value and, and scarcity and things like that. But with the whole electronic frontier of this, of the collecting of the hobby, is that where the growth is seen in a company like Tops? So it's interesting, Lou. That's what I was going to uh, mention next. So as far as NFTs go, as far as on demand, as far as maybe mixing the physical and the digital, uh, you know, in that world, meaning in the card world, um, I think that there's a lot of potential. And I feel like, you know, if I had to close my eyes and just take a guess, right, I'm going to, of course, just make these numbers up. But if they think, Lou, that today the NFT market and baseball cards is X, right? Right. Tops or and or management might think it could be worth 300x or 500x in two years. So it could, in their mind, like, listen, these folks who do this stuff, they're generally pretty smart. Um, They might just be like, hey, wow, we're buying Tops with really cheap money. It's a $5 billion company and it only got valued at 1.3. And because because of these electronic, you know, things that are going to play out, you know, over the next couple of years. If for no reason other than the digital part of this is like minutes old, it's in its infancy. There's tremendous amount of growth here. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, uh, shout out to Kenny, who's on YouTube. Hey, YouTubers, guys, come on over to uh, uh, Layton's Loft on Facebook if you want to win. So Kenny's mentioning, and I love this, Tops is absolutely getting into more genres. Tennis, volleyball. Star Wars living, like whoever thought they were going to take something which, and listen, you know, if you're watching and you thought Star Wars was real, I'm sorry to break your heart. Um, <laughs> but to take something like that, which let's be honest, right? Yes, they're making movies and they're re, you know, juvenating the franchise, but like, Jesus, criminy, man, they're issuing cards as if these folks are freaking athletes. And I'm not, I'm not saying that like I'm mad. I'm saying kudos to fucking tops. Yeah. Like that's an incredible so so per Kenny, whether it be it's Tops Project seventy or other things that they're going to do. Listen, you're not going to nail it on all of them, but I just know that in business, it takes money to do things, it takes good human capital to accomplish things, and then of course resources, which is a combination thereof of the human capital, of your money, of your resources, um, and then of course all the intangibles. And so I just think from a top standpoint. Like, you know, growing up, it was like motherhood apple pie and tops baseball cards. So, you know, we could look at this $1.3 billion valuation. I'm no stock guru. I'm just saying that you could look at this and say, wow, this could be a three to $5 billion company in a few years just because of all the untapped potential. Yeah. And part of that, um, you just touched on some of the untapped potential, it would seem to me, is sports aside, there's got to be a lot of potential growth in other areas. If it's if it's esports, if it's uh, TV, if it's music, it, I mean, there's uh, so much interest by people about things that, and people love to collect cards about other things, non-sports cards. There's got to be a lot of growth in that area, I would think. 
Uh, hey, what's up, Bill? What's going on, Jeremy, Chris, Orlando, Moss, Nick, Mike? Uh, thanks for joining us today uh, on Layton's Loft. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our channel so you'll be notified each and every time we go live and give us a little like, a little love. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, Moss, we talked about that uh, last week. We will talk about that a little bit later in the show today. Um, love me some Harry and the Hendersons, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Alf. You know, like Topps made some really good cards. Is there a Marvel Universe set at this point? I mean, how big are those movies right now? And of course, the time to do it would have been two years ago. But, uh, well, you know, all those different, like, you know, different Black Panther, like they all generally have something around the set produced. So not just T-shirts, but you're talking about some sort of trading cards. It does depend. I don't know that it's Topps in every case. Yeah. Um, you know, there are you know other companies that partake in the non-sport card market. Um, but you know, in general, I think you're going to see more UFC stuff, more soccer, which tops has been all over of, you know, uh, uh, the last 12 months or so, um, what's going on, Ricky? Uh, so, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting at the very least to see some of the innovation. Um, and you know, listen, buyer beware, right? If we're right. talking about a show today, I, I certainly cannot tell you for sure that we think they're going to produce more. Maybe you don't have to put away a tops set your factory set every year for your kid because they're going to make three trillion you know three trillion of them who knows right um so uh you know before we uh move on from tops i figured now would be a good time dougie do you have a, a question ready sure do. so before we uh before we ask it now dougie do you ask it verbally do you put it into the chat what's the best way to do this usually I do it verbally all right well give me the wrestling pack so that i can show them what's at stake and then while waiting for that, uh, Lou, not sure if you're a golf fan, but we got some golf going on this weekend as well. Well, everyone's interested because it's the Masters, right? It's a big of course. Weekend. It's one of those transcending events. You may, you're not a golf fan, maybe, but you watch the Masters. Now, Lou, do you think they're going to have, um, uh, or are they going to have spectators at the Masters this weekend? I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know offhand. I would assume they could. Why wouldn't they be able to have some? I would think some, yeah. Yeah. So this is what's at stake here. Thanks. Um, 1985 wrestling has shot up in price the last couple of years. Uh, you know, the Hulk Hogan card in PSA nine went from, you know, being nothing to now being, I don't know. You might, it might be worth North of a thousand, a PSA 10, um, uh, sold for 18,000, uh, within recent time, you know, be within the last 60 days or so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and it's a small set. So you have a nice chance of getting a Hogan here. Um, all right, without further ado, if you want to win this 1985 WWF pack, the only chance you have is to answer Dougie's question correctly and be the first one to do so on Leighton's Loft Facebook page only. All right, so let's give everyone a minute to get over there. Right, so Wait, hold on, Dougie. I agree with Lou. He's giving everyone a minute or two to, uh, to move on over if they'd like. Excellent. Everyone head on over to the Layton's Laugh page because those comments are the only one that Doug's are, Doug is looking at for replies to this question. I like tops now, um, but I don't like buying all of them. I just like that they come out with some cool stuff, and you can pick and choose what you like for a very inconsequential amount of money. I think that's what's cool about tops now. And they also, if you're a soccer person, they don't produce a ton, but they have some tops now soccer rookies that come out that turn out to be good investments. My buddy, Chris Gilmore is 
turn me on to them and uh, done quite well, you know, for ourselves here with, with those. Um, all right, Dougie, hit us with the 1985 tops. WWF wrestling pack is on the line. Whoever answers the wrestling question trivia, um, uh, excuse me, trivia question first today on the show. What's up, Chef? Um, will be the winner of the uh, grand prize on Ladies Loft today. Good luck, everybody. All right, guys. First person on my screen on the Facebook again. Your streams are different. All right, guys. In WrestleMania 2, it was held in three different locations. So the Chicago part, there was a 20-man NFL and WWF Battle Royal, which featured 10 wrestlers and 10 football players. <laughs> Who was the last football player from the NFL that – was eliminated before, of course, Andre the Giant won the Battle Royal. So who was the last football player from the NFL in this Battle Royal to be the one last standing of the players? That is my question. That is a great question. It's a great question, Lou. It is a great question. It wasn't Refrigerator Perry. He was second. I would have guessed the fridge. The fridge has been is it not known. Bill Fralick. It was not Jim Cover. LT? No, he wasn't even in it. Okay. WrestleMania has to do this again. I want to see oh, that. No. Are you kidding me? But this is what they should do. You should have like 10 breakers be in it. Like 10 <laughs> auctioneers be in it. And you have like a card battle royale. Nice. No, Mark Asino wasn't in it. Brian Bosworth was not in it. No, Jim Cobert was actually the first one eliminated from the football players. Interesting. No, not Randy White. Let's get the order. Right. Uh, order Martin was eliminated third. All right, guys. This guy was part. No, Ernie Holmes was early. This guy played for the 49ers and the Patriots. Interesting. Oh, God. Yes. Kenny Oz got it right. It was Russ Francis. Really? Russ I would. That's not an easy question, uh, Dougie. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know what? He had the mustache. So that, that Russ Francis. You're right. He was a Patriot. I forgot he was in the Niners. Patriot and, and Niner at the time of the Battle Royal. He had the uh, uh, Magnum uh, mustache. So that probably helped. Well, him. if uh, you said Kenny won it, right? Yes. Well, Kenny happens to be a huge, a huge wrestling fan. So kudos to you, Kenny. We're going to bust that open right now. Chris Coe had it. He did? Yeah, he had it. He didn't have it in time, but he had it. It was a good question. Excellent question. All right, Kenny. Let's get down to a little WWF for you right now. Thanks for tuning in today, folks. This is the kind of uh, fun we like to have here with the VB community. I have an excellent trivia question for our next trivia question opportunity. Excellent. I like to hear that, Lou. We got them lined up. Doug took this one very seriously, especially wrestling. He's, you know. Yep. That's his thing. I mean, I like wrestling, too. Mine's a Seinfeld trivia question. I watched most of the series the last three weeks. Just went through the end of the series. Oh, really? I love yeah. Seinfeld trivia. And pulled out a trivia question I think is good. I'm guessing the fans out there might know it pretty easily. but. All right. George, the I mean, this guy, I'm sorry. Oh. He just... Let me get it. Let me put it up here. Hang he on. is just savage. Between the hair, <laughs> which is just totally unkempt and insanely disgusting. Yep. And he has a freaking blue tongue. <laughs> Fury of the animal. I'm placing a bounty. I will pay $100 for any PSA 10. I want one for my collection. Fury of the animal. 
Nice. That's how I wake up in the morning. Our buddy Joe Gatto is here. Hi, Joe. Hey, Joe. What's going on? From scratch? Oh. Yep. You know, he still owes you sweet, great sweet fish. From scratch. That's right. From scratch. He's going to make You mean Freddie Blasi is a better dresser than me? Jesse the Body Ventura. He was awesome for the WWF. Yep. Oh, he was great. This is my era. I love this era. So I'm going to reveal a little bit too much about myself here. At the end of the night, sometimes I like to go to Pluto and I like to go to the Baywatch channel and watch a couple episodes of Baywatch. Oh, I love it. And a couple nights ago, who shows up on this episode of Baywatch but Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. That's fantastic. <laughs> and they're working out on the beach and Randy's got his ski goggles on and his uh, bandana. And, oh, it was so cool. So, folks, I saw a couple Seinfeld, uh, you know, support in uh in the chat lou yeah next week because you know i'm a seinfeld big fan yep uh you know i've gone to a number of his shows i got a signed baseball which i got from my collection nice. which wasn't easy to get a uh, single sign um so next week lou we're gonna have a seinfeld trivia question giveaway no pressure okay for a 50 dollars break credit all right no problem and it's gonna be given away on the loft but we should do something fun like, hey, if you don't get it in five minutes, you owe Lou 50 bucks. <laughs> I like that. Well, I'm going to come up with a different question then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. This is a bad man. A JYD. I love Junkyard Dog. Ah, Junkyard Dog. Yeah. Chris Coe is in Seinfeld for sure. Oh, I mean, first of all, who doesn't want to win 50 bucks? Yep. But, um, you know, Seinfeld trivia is just great. You know, I, I was in, the, I'm going to talk about it in, the, in a minute. I was in the city on Monday for business. And, you know, back several years ago, they used, you know, before COVID and you could do stuff, there was, there was a Seinfeld trivia night. And man, I thought I knew a lot about Seinfeld. It was like I did, but people knew it before they finished the question. Know, I'm like, guy, give me a, <laughs> give me a yeah, chance. This you know, is like I'm three beers deep. Like you came here. <laughs> And you're taking it seriously, like you're training for it. Know, right? <laughs> and I'm just trying to have a good old time. This is the thing. I think this is a great question because I didn't know it. And when it came up, I went, oh, my God, I didn't know that. That'll be oh. a great question for the loft. But I'm Ooh. guessing somebody out, out there, know, I'm guessing several people out there know it. I can't tell whether it's a good question or not. So, Kenny, you're getting some nice star power here. Oh, you got the geez. Iron Sheik. Jeez. Uh, by the way, Kenny is putting everyone on notice. He says, I'm totally in for the Seinfeld trivia. There's a bar here that does it. Uh -oh. I've won several times. Okay. And if you look at his picture, I don't think Kenny's kidding. No. <laughs> Man, I hope to meet some of you guys at the National. I really hope that it does happen, but I'm not, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I love this era of WWF. The only thing I liked better was The Rock. And I did like The Rock when he came along later, but this era was the best. Lou, we got a Hulk Hogan rookie sticker. Yeah. Kenny, you're doing A-OK -okay today. <laughs> Congratulations. Kenny says he's watched every WrestleMania live. Every WrestleMania there was. That's pretty cool. I George like the Animal Steel by himself. This might be a 10. This, uh, a little bit of wear in the upper left. I can't tell. This is a really nice card in terms of condition. I can't say that I approve of the Steel's, uh, you know, uh, excessive body hair. <laughs> That's part of the part of the brand, though, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. 
Uh, Tyler, we do go to the Philly show. Um, I'm also going to be buying at the Chantilly show. I don't think we'll be setting up at Chantilly. Well, I don't know if we're going to be setting up anywhere in the near future, but I will be going to the uh, Chantilly show, and I will be going down to the Philly show. I believe it's in June. I and Sheik, the guy who got busted while traveling with his archrival Bob the Hacksaw Duggan, busted because they traveled together or something? I'm not sure. See, Scott's also- smart. Scott said, Scott Priestley said, that his wife has seen every Seinfeld episode no less than 20 times, so she'll be joining me next week on The Loft. <laughs> See, that's why I figured, Lou, if you tell everyone now, yep. if you like weren't sure if you're going to tune in, in next week, but you feel like you're a Seinfeld guru, you're probably going to tune in. I'll come up with some more then. But Lou, we hey. should have a little, like, you know, a, like a real Seinfeld meeting for the episode. This is what you've done to my life because, again, when I, my girlfriend and I have been watching Seinfeld for the last two or three weeks. We just went so through the great. all nine seasons. That's so great. And it's brilliant, by the way. It's yeah, still it is. Up and it was just brilliant end to end. But as soon as this thing happened, my first thought in my head was that would be a great trivia question for the loft <laughs> right there. Paul was it? Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. Yep. All right. So I've told you this before, but I actually dated a woman who also dated Hacksaw Duggan. You did tell us before, but today is a great time to bring it up. So were you before or after Hacksaw? I was after. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Did she have any stories for you? In in college, none I can repeat, but yes. (laughs) They dated when uh, when he was in college and when she I think she was there too, but I'm not sure. I was gonna uh, ask something and then I just realized I heard uh, uh, (laughs) Carton talking to uh, Evan today on the fan. Yep. And he went through this whole bit where he's like, you know, I don't think I should ask that. And then Evan's like, you know, normally I don't really care. Like, it's good for radio. He's like, dude, you're worrying me. Please don't ask it. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to refrain. Face to the canvas. Mr. Oh, Mr. Fuji was nasty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mr. Fuji. All right. And then going like, for the pin. Okay. Tito Santana. Wrestlers with drugs? What could? Who would have thought that? We gotta ask Hacksaw. We gotta get him. As a, he would do it in a minute. He'd probably join us for uh, like a couple beers. I told him. I bet you could get some vintage break experiences with wrestlers. I, I bet there. Oh, are, are you kidding me? We were gonna go gung ho after uh, the dragon, and yep. then you know, there's like a little thing called COVID, and you couldn't go anywhere. And so here's the deal, like. I don't actually know how to get in touch with any of the wrestlers. So part of the magic of the conventions was like you go over to the corner yeah. and you see like, oh, Ricky the Dragon set up next to the guy from the toy. You know, like you, you never know. Next to Icky Woods. I know. <laughs> I know he was. Icky, Icky Shuffle was there. Thank you, Andy, by the way. I appreciate that vote of confidence. All right. So that is uh, our 1985 free wrestling pack for Kenny Oz. Here's your big hit. I mean, you got some nice cards in general, but the big one – Value-wise, definitely is the Hogan number uh, – excuse me, it's number one? Yeah, the first number one Hogan sticker. Nice. Congrats, Kenny. We have to do wrestling more often. Yeah, no, that was fun. Here you go, Dougie. So that is uh, Pat for Kenny, if you can put that away. Um, so something else I wanted to uh, discuss today um, was – only because someone had uh, asked me about it. Lou, I just clicked back, so I don't know if you can – great. Uh, was, you know, when you're, when you're going to, whether it be sell something or whether it be, 
Uh, you're going to consign something to an auction house. Get mm -hmm. uh, comfortable here. We have some time uh, to chat. Um, you know, folks are asking me kind of like the tricks of the trade or, you know, how do you get the best, you know, money for your card if you're going to sell a private loo or if you're going to consign to an auction house, how do you get them to give you the best rate? And yep. so I feel like, you know, the easy answer is just to be as direct as I can and is with a little bit of work. And so, for example, if you have a card that you want to sell through an auction house, you can consider there's a few different, you know, data points that you have to worry about. You want to worry about how much you're going to pay in commission. Right. You want to worry about, is there going to be a reserve of my item? You want to worry about, because not every, now auction houses, even that do catalogs, some of them do auctions that don't have a catalog and some of them do have a catalog. So you want to consider, is there going to be a catalog with my auction or is it just going to be on the internet? Then you also, and by the way, Lou, I'm not, write, Lou, I'm not writing this down. So hopefully we'll uh, have someone who's uh, going to give us the notes later because uh, I think this is good stuff. Yeah. Um, then the next thing you want to worry about, Lou, is, is there going to be another one of the same items in that auction? Oh, good point. Yeah. So, and by the way, folks, all of this and none of this is in your control. What I mean is if you ask no questions, what I can guarantee you is you'll pay full freight and you'll get the least amount of service for your money. Yep. That I can guarantee you. I was going to ask you, is it, I thought it would be your option to have a reserve on a card or not, but, but you have to ask for it, right? You gotta, you gotta, you, you, sometimes you don't think you gotta ask. I'm just saying that, um, cause I was talking to, you know, a friend, uh, the other day about a similar situation and he was asking me a lot of questions and I thought that it would make good content for the show today yep. because, you know, much like the trading card therapy that we're going to be maybe, you know, offering out advice on in the future, um, you know, this really is something that uh, every individual, whether it be now or in their, you know, collecting future uh, may face. And it could be because you simply just want to sell some extra stuff. Right. It could be because you want to capitalize on a hot market. It could be because you have something the auction house really wants badly, like an item, meaning a card or a piece of memorabilia. But then you have 10 other items that you're like, wow, without this item, they're not really going to take my items on consignment. But if I give them 11 items I and the see. one's great, they might now take all 11 items. So also something else to consider, um, you know, for folks that when you're consigning to an auction house, if you have some, let's say, two piles of material, desirable and less desirable, yeah. Well, maybe try to give a few lots or a few items of the less desirable to that very auction house um, if they if you're giving them some of the more desirable stuff. Uh, something else to consider, even though most of the contracts will be standard, you can make special arrangements. When are you going to get paid? I mean, I guarantee you the contract says, we'll pay you in such and such date or sooner. Sure, you can negotiate in advance for your item. You can negotiate to be paid within seven days of the auction. By the way, I'm not suggesting when I say negotiate, they simply, that you bring up a question, you ask them, and they say yes. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not that easy. But what I can tell you is that if you call two or three or four or five of um, the best auction houses that there are, they'll find out pretty quickly if you're full of it or not. My point is, is that you'll get to a decent enough person. Because that's another thing, too. People always ask me, it's a little bit different when you're selling something to someone. Like we all know J5 is definitely paying the least. I pay more than him. So you <laughs> want to deal with me when it comes to selling to just collect. Nice. But like like with an auction house, some people feel like, for example, with, uh, well, I don't know, REA 
Like you got to talk to Brian Dwyer, or if you can sign a heritage, like you got to talk to Chris Ivy. And by the way, these guys are friends of mine. They're going to tell you like, late, why do you think I have a payroll? Yeah. I have people that are here. They're authorized to execute X, Y, and Z. Now, if you're asking them for a $900,000 advance and your stuff's worth 10 grand, well, not only are you going to be denied, it doesn't matter who you talk to. They're going to right across the side of the head. <laughs> right. You, you know what I mean? So um, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, in regards to the auction. Well, some people have to talk to the manager, right? And some people don't. Exactly. Oh, yeah. my God. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, just because you want to consign some stuff. Uh, oh, I'm reading something uh, about uh, Rosenberg and the. Uh, it's hard to read everything at once. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Ben says Peter Rosenberg and the MK show is big in the wrestling and works as WWE. Also just started collecting cards and shows them from time to time on the show. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. I've actually been in connection with uh, Pete, so I appreciate it, but we're hoping to, uh, you know, right. Fingers crossed. We're going to get a little love, a little shout out from WrestleMania this weekend. You know, we sent, uh, we sent Peter a little wrestling care package. Oh, nice. That uh, we, well, we thought timing wise, it, Lou, yeah. I am nice, but you know, timing wise, like, you know, we thought this weekend would be the weekend. Nice and smart. Yeah, exactly. Like next weekend, if I or next week, if I saw him, he's like, "You mother! If you you could have given me this wrestling stuff before I went down to WrestleMania." So that's why, you know, I didn't want to be pushy with him, but I said, "Hey, just wanted to let you know, like I got this stuff. If you want some stuff? Happy to send it." All right, let me ask you about the uh, auction house now because you started this conversation. The first thing you mentioned to look for is consignment. And I wasn't under the impression that consignment was negotiable. I mean, I imagine if you have a $1.3 million card you want to, you want to uh, talk about, you can negotiate consignment fee. But can the average Joe negotiate consignment fee? Sure. Well, to be fair, right? Like, who are you defining as the average Joe? And what I mean is, is that I think, depending on the auction house, if they're smart, if I'm working for the auction house, I can tell you what I would do. Let's say you contact me and you got five really regular items. And I say to you, here's my commission. And the, and, the, and the individual says to me, well, can you do better on the rate? Maybe I just say no right away. Right. But I might say is, tell me about the rest of your collection. <laughs> and so to be fair, right, if they're a good bullshit artist, they might just tell me about 37 items that they don't own. And then as the, as the you know, associate working for the auction house, you got to know if they're telling you the truth. And then the other side, you know, you don't want to get, listen, it's a small, like a cottage type industry. You as the consigner or you don't want to get this reputation as right well you know what when this guy calls no one really wants to talk to you because i i you know i worked at leland's all those years ago i feel like an old man i'm not going to name any names let's just say auction houses are people too yeah so they know if someone's calling for the 39th time to ask if there's been any price change since 11 a.m this morning yeah now you might think like that doesn't happen anymore oh but you're wrong <laughs> It does. Now, it may happen less frequently, but, you know, much in the way that, like, people say to us, hey, you know, uh, I don't have a computer. I don't have one near me. Oh, no problem. Like, just go to the local store. They'll, they'll be able to help you with the phone, yep. you know, like, take some pictures. Like, you can get it done. So the point is, is, like, yes, they're phasing out, giving updates, but without exaggeration, I mean, back in the day, at least, this is, you know, 15 years ago, the 17 years ago, guys would call. They called 11 a.m., 2 p.m., that asked for an update on the auction um, prices that they were interested in. And, you know, I'll be honest, sometimes I couldn't bite my tongue. I'll just say, Mr. Smith. So, Mr. Smith, you know, the auction doesn't end for four more days. Yeah. So, like, 
just do me a favor, like take the day off. <laughs> Call me tomorrow. Check right. And like this yeah. is the kind of humor I try to have because there's nothing you got nothing else. Yep. So um, but that's my two cents on the auction houses when it comes to consignment. Some auction houses do purchase outright, um, others don't. Um, but I would say for the most part, if it was me, I would look at auction houses as a vehicle to sell my goods on consignment. Because when frankly, you, I'm sorry, go ahead, Lou. When do you uh, choose the auction house over, say, eBay? That's a great question. Yeah. So when I, and I, this is, forget about eBay. To me, you choose an auction house for a few reasons. One of them is for ease of use. So for example, you're saying eBay, right? Yeah. Like I was going to start off, to me, the absolute number one reason why to use an auction house, when I say auction house, a major sports auction house with a catalog for their auction. That's what I'm referring to. Um, you want to have a unique, not one of a kind, but a unique special item that is not available on eBay at Buy It Now. You don't see three of them at every card show. You right. haven't been offered one for sale you know, in the last month. And, and of course, some, some of this stuff, I'm trying to be facetious and have some fun. Other stuff, I am being sincere. But you don't want to go with a run-of-the-mill item. This is what I told people back in the day. And I'm going to tell you, more than ever, it holds true. If you sell run-of-the-mill stuff in an auction house, you're going to get run-of-the-mill pricing. Mm -hmm. Just to be clear, run-of-the-mill pricing doesn't mean good pricing. It means run-of-the-mill pricing. So you might have some items because they're real easy to find and no one really cares about buying them at an auction, you're like, how the hell did my item sell for less than it goes for on eBay? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because they, it was the wrong place for it. It wasn't supposed to be sold in the auction. But for whatever reason or another, you thought it would look cool in the catalog. The auctioneer is like, hey, it's an extra lot for my auction. I'll earn an extra 16 cents you know, in commission or you know, whatever the case is. Um, but I do want to get back to the first one, which is uh, for kind of like that one-stop solution. So... You know, one nice thing about the auction house is even if you have run-of-the-mill stuff, at least if you're going to deal with an auction house, some people, not only do they not like eBay, there really isn't that many eBay consignment sellers. Mm -hmm. There's actually far more auction house consignment sellers in the sports um, space than there are eBay consignment auction sellers. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting eBay above or below the auction houses. I'm merely saying you actually have more choices. So if you don't like what you heard about PWCC or Probstein, yes, there are some other much smaller eBay auction companies mm -hmm. that you could seek out. But I personally would go with a bigger auction company, meaning on eBay, that was doing constant you know, business. So that way I know that my stuff would be sold pretty soon and I might get a decent price for it. Um, but when it comes back to the auction house, it really comes down to, like I said, trying to match the auction house like if they specialize in vintage well don't give them your you know 1998 dirk Nowitzki one of one or your luca card right and if they're known for modern well then yeah if you didn't if you don't understand why i didn't get good money for your tito six tie com like you got to check in with people and by the way don't be shy in our vintage breaks buy sell trade group hit me up direct latent at just collect.com i mean this is you know, believe me, plenty of people bother me every day in the sense of ask me advice. They feel like they're bothering me. The reality of it is I love what I do. And I'm happy and, and very fortunate to be in a space that's become as hot as it is. And I didn't realize that some of this knowledge I'm sitting on as far as like dealing with auction houses that I think is like, you know, 
everyone knows yep. apparently is news to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're just doing it so often, it seems rote to you. It seems, you know, that's the world, that's the water you swim in. But for a lot of people, they don't get a lot of shots at this. Uh, yes. Um, I'm just looking at some of the comments here. Uh, James is asking, Beckett does still grade star Jordans. Um, so that's where you want to go with your star basketballs with Beckett. Um, but, you know, getting back to the auction houses, uh, you know, just to, you know, uh, finish it up. Um, it is all negotiable, but understand they're very, they're very sharp. Yeah. So if you go to them with a batch of run-of-the-mill stuff, you are going to run the risk of turning them off. And I know that might not sound like a big deal. But the reality of it is, if you like the space, just yep. be respectful. You know, be very honest uh, about what you're trying to do. Hey, I'm trying to liquidate a portion of my collection. You don't have to tell them why. That's none of their business. But And I'm thinking about doing it. And, and by the way, you should add this. This is helpful, not just to the auctioneer, but to yourself. Because you're going to help. You're going you're gonna to basically move to the front of the line or closer to the front of the line when you say to them, you know, I'm thinking about selling a portion of my collection. Um I'm making it up $50,000. So you'd like to have a number so they know what they're they're talking about in terms of commissions, right? So they can do the, the math real fast. And I'm thinking about making a decision in the next two months, the next 60 days. Oh, okay, great. You know, now all of a sudden you've got their attention. And even if you sell in 90 days or you don't sell, it's still okay. But I'm just speaking from experience. Lots of people, I mean, Sam, how many people a day are contacting us to sell? I know that exaggeration. I mean, we're up to dozens a day between emails and phone calls. And so we're, we just, you know, we don't pull any punches professionally and very nicely. Hey, great stuff. Are you thinking about kind of like selling soon? Yeah. Oh no, Sonny, I'm never going to sell. <laughs> uh, you know, it's going to go to my grandson and he's actually not going to be allowed to sell either because, you know, it's going to be in a vault in, you know, a different country. Um, and my point is we'd still help you yeah. But yes, we were not going to be able to value all of your cards because you're not selling them. And so we're happy to give you an estimate on a few of them. My point is the same thing with the auction house. Just be considerate. You know, don't dangle these carrots if you're really never going to sell anything because you're just going to get a bad rep and then people won't call you back. And you know, yeah. you want that. I would think one of the things with auction houses to save everybody time and heartache is to understand that they're professionals. They've seen it all. They've heard it all. Just play straight with them. And I, I imagine they'll play straight with you, too. Yep, absolutely. So that was my uh, my little shtick on auction houses. Um, I don't know uh, anything about hybrid grading, Brian. Is that a company, hybrid grading? I don't know. Um, but I did want to talk about cost averaging when it comes to buying. Um, and hey, listen, once again, it may be, of course, Layton, it's very obvious what you're saying. But uh, if it's not, and there's a little bit of uh, some knowledge in there that you, you, know, you enjoy, I'm happy to share. Um, so something I started doing several years ago, I find myself doing even more of it for vintage breaks uh, than just collect these days, but but I will do it for both companies and, of course, for myself, uh, is the idea of cost averaging. And people talk about this in stocks, so it's probably not going to be, you know, that foreign, uh, you know, to people if you've heard that terminology before. Hybrid grading is HGA. Oh, HGA. Yeah, I don't know much about HGA. Seems cool. You know, I like the colors, but no, I don't, I don't really know much about them. I'll certainly, uh, you know do a little bit more research. I'm thinking about where sending my own card. So as soon as I decide where to send some bulk, I will. Um, but, uh, um, you know, uh, I don't know if you wanted to like finish up talking about grading or, you know, what direction we want to move in for the last few minutes. I was looking at what time it is, Lou. Uh, i got about 10 minutes left. You think that we should uh, talk about cost averaging? You yeah. Know, my take well, 
that's something we can always pick it up in a, in a later episode. But yeah, let's talk about it a little bit because that's a principle where many of us are aware of in terms of buying stocks. But how does it how does it apply to the card industry? Sure. So basically, when it comes to let's say buying maybe a box or a rookie card, even though of course I want to get the cheapest every single time, cards do not work like stocks in the sense of forget about it, it's an imperfect market. There's not even that much quantity sometimes if you're a buyer for you to buy all the quantity you'd be willing to suck up. So something important to keep in mind, the cost average, don't beat yourself up. If you're looking to acquire said rookie or said wax box or case, and there's only two available and you're like, you know, I just bought the last one for X. Yeah. But if you think it's going to be yeah. worth three and a half X, don't beat yourself up about paying 10% more. Just buy it. And I'll tell you, ever since I started doing that, two things have happened. A, I started sleeping better because I'm no longer just trying. Well, I'll be honest. I'm no longer trying to get just the best price. Of course, I want the best price. But it's not like it doesn't – if I don't get the best price and I still get a fair price, I'm okay with that. Um, and then, two, I'm able to acquire material and quantity now a little bit easier because I'm less rigid and I understand what it takes to acquire material. Yeah, it's uh, – it, it, some of us are like that in certain areas. It's like, for example, me buying gas. You know, I'll see gas. I'll be going by the gas station. It's 10 cents more a gallon than when I normally get it. And it will just bug the hell out of me and I'll keep driving, you know, but you, it's silly. You, you know. No, listen, <laughs> and, but that's what I mean is, you know, Lou, I'd be putting in offers on stuff on eBay yeah, because I just wanted to buy all of it. And I wake up in the morning and like three of them expired. One of them were sold. One of them has got, he's got a story about how it's his mom's house. Is it okay if he ships it in two weeks? And I'm like, you know what? I should have just bought them all. Yeah, I would have already been done. Yes, I would have paid 13% more, but like I would have moved on. And so that was kind of one of the last things I was going to you know, close with today. If we have some other time, we'll cover some stuff. Hey, what's up, Mike Russo? I hope all is well. Um, yeah, I'd love to have you on to talk about HGA grading for the next episode. Uh, you know, he's saying it's a gimmick. I don't know if it is or it isn't, but I'd love to hear people's, uh, you know, feedback and stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, that was kind of my, you know, my shtick on, uh, you know, cost averaging is don't be afraid if you want to um, acquire something in the card space in quantity to be just cost averaging, keep in mind, bring in more of it because it's not going to act perfectly. You're not going to just be able to buy a hundred every day you want. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. You get a good buy on one set or one pack and then you see the pack 10% more the next time. And some people get really aggravated about doing that. And by the way, sometimes I am that person. So I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions, but let it go. Pay, pay a little extra 10%. Um, absolutely. So, uh, I did want to cover, I took a trip to New York city on Monday. Uh, you know, in the last year I can count how many times I've been in New York city on one hand. Really? Um, uh, yeah, well, you know, because of COVID and stuff, uh, oh, sure. used right. to go, all, used, used to go all the time. Um, but, uh, you know, this particular Monday I had to go in and drop off, uh, some boxes for a buddy of mine, Mark Zablo, uh, and the team at Bleaker trading oh, uh, in the city. Oh, yeah. And he's got a cool little, um, you know, store there. Uh, he's even talking about maybe he'd like me to host some trade nights on like a Saturday night when things get back and rocking. And I said, as long as you have good food, man, because I, I used to live down the street from there in the village. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not exaggerating. And I'm proud to say this because I certainly haven't splurged. So I went to Mineta Tavern around the corner for a burger. It was a $42 hamburger. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. It's, I mean, it's beyond good. I, I, I ate it like a complete savage. Um, nope. No pun intended, but holy cow. Yeah. Um, a lot of money for a burger. 
It is, but the sushi place I really wanted to go to that was down the street, Tomo, was closed on Monday. I'm saying I'm obviously uh, – I, I became a food snob from living in, in the village. Um, and my buddy was like – apparently they know the guy who owns John's Pizza. And he's like, Leighton, I thought you really love pizza. I said, I do. But, like, today the, my belly can't hold all the – so, like, it's not on the agenda. All right. Well, let me ask the question. It was a sure. $42, $42 burger, but was it a $42 burger? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd great. have it tonight if I could. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, I probably shouldn't have another, you know, big red meat hamburger within a few days of having the other one. Yeah. But if 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 that didn't matter, yes, I would have one tonight, Lou. Are you fami familiar with the BuzzFeed series? Is it worth it? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, I love that show, and I love questions like that. Oh, yeah, and it's funny because I hadn't been there in so long. Yeah. And I know, like, for example, I don't know how you like your burger, right? But, oh, like. Right. So here's the deal. I'll eat a yeah. burger medium rare. Like I'm not going to not eat it. Right. But I'm probably a little bit closer to medium, I would say. Okay. However, I understand meat. Yep. So when I went there, I hadn't been there in a while. I said, sir, it's a beautiful day outside. I mean, I just couldn't be any happier doing some card business and meeting a $40 hamburger in New York City um, and uh, having a good old time. I said, what do you recommend? He goes through his whole little shtick. So I said, I just want to make sure I'm hearing you. Uh, yes, Tyler, properly. That sounds like what you're saying is if you don't care how it's cooked, you'd go with medium rare. And he said, yes. I said, medium rare it is. Yep. Oh, my God. It was so good. <laughs> uh, so anyway, getting back to Bleaker Trading, um, it's really cool. It was down. I used to live on the corner of uh, Thompson and Bleaker, 184 Thompson Street uh, in the village. No, I did not go to NYU, but I did dream about it. Um, and, uh, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Um, you know, that being said, uh, Mark's Place, Bleaker Trading, uh, is closer to Magnolia Bakery on, like, the other side of 7th Ave, uh, away from John's Pizza. Uh, yeah. um, but it's such a great spot. I was telling Jules when I got home that night. So, Lou, at that time when I was living in the city, um, before I moved out, two things happened that were important. Well, a bunch of things. One, I started dating Julie. Okay. And then, two, I left Leland to start Just Collect. Yeah. And this is how we knew, like, the city, my days were numbered. So I remember living in the city, and Julie at the time was not my wife. So Sam, she's like, wow, you must be doing pretty well. Like, how do you afford living here? You know, and like, you're going to run your business out of here? I said, well, you know, not forever. Yeah. Just like until I, I can't do it anymore. So I don't know at that point if I gave her a key to the apartment or not. But like, I came back from like playing in hoops or something. And I look up, I'm like, what the fuck happened in my cupboard? And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude. There's no other room in the fucking place. I, by the way, I lived in a 525 square foot, you know, studio. Yeah. I mean, and I got it all. I had the bed, I had a computer, I had a shipping station. You know, and I had a balcony too. Oh, I love that. Oh, nice. Unbelievable. Um, it's a whole story how I got the apartment. It was like I had to go through hell and back to get that man. <laughs> Sue, if you're listening, I love you. I told my friend Sue Lape, uh, she was my preceptor in college. So that means that like someone who was older than you was yep. on the floor, and like you know they were like the floor mom, if you will. So you know we've kept in touch all these years. And so if you're listening, I love you. Uh, so I tell her, much like Seinfeld, like Kramer would do this. Yeah. Hey, Sue, my lease is ending in Hoboken. And you know how I'm working at Leland's in Long Island? You know, I want to live in the city. I want to live, like, really in the village. How about, like, is it cool if I come in, you know, and crash for, like, a night or two at your place? Just because, like, it's kind of annoying. You know, I live in Jersey. So, like, I didn't really have, like, I wanted to, like, it was very hard to get an apartment. Right. Dude, I lived there for, like, 36 days. Yeah. And I remember she would like text me. She's like, you get a place yet? You get a place yet? You get a place yet? <laughs> and then I remember I thought I had this place and this is what happened. 
I think they they definitely saw it was dead serious. So I had another apartment at 184 Thompson. And I mean, I, I don't think it's the same today. It was ultra competitive to get a place. Like if you had all the money in the world, it didn't yep. matter, of course. Right. I did not. I had a little money and I wanted to live in a cool place. So you can imagine I didn't have that many options. No. So I had, had my money ready. So without exaggeration, I commit to the place. I'm like taking the subway over or walking over to the, you know, to the, to the management office, like ready to give them my check. Like I just, I'm having dreams of parties in my place. I can't wait. And they're like, they come over like, we have some really bad news. What do you mean? How could there be bad news? I just got a place. I don't, I don't really understand. <laughs> they're like, well, actually that's the bad news. You don't have a place. Oh, I said, oh no, no. You must be talking about someone else who doesn't have a place because that's why I came here. I have my money and I have a place. I mean, Lou, you know, I don't know if anyone has like a little incredible Hulk in you. Yep. But like, I didn't have any control. My eyes got like, they must've been like really freaked the fuck out. Oh, I can so, see. It. So basically, <laughs> I've I seen mean, listen, I don't it. think I really understand you. I'm like, yeah. you have to give me an apartment. I've been living in my friend Sue's place. I know you don't care, but like, I, I can't do this anymore. And you told me I have a place. Yeah. So literally we went back there and like the place was like a little more expensive. I'm like, I don't have the budget for this. They're like, we'll give it to you. We think you should just get it. I'm like, thank you. Wow. That's to be fair, it wasn't like a huge discount. It was like, I'm making it up. I mean, at the time it was still a couple grand for an apartment, but like, instead of it being two grand, it might've been like, you know, 1880 or something like that. And I had a budget of 1875. Yep. She's like, you can have it for 1875. I'm like, really? <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah. We just don't want you here anymore. <laughs> We don't want to deal with you. <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah. I'm living in my friend's place. I'm certainly not going home to my parents' house in central New Jersey. I sooner yeah. would have lived on the street. Um, and so that's how my apartment in the village came to be. In, meanwhile, we didn't really talk about um, uh, bleaker trading at all. So we'll try to finish up real quick. Yep. Um, fantastic place to check out, uh, you know, in the future. It's not really like set up right now for retail. But like what I really liked about it and some of the content that Ben's producing for Vintage Breaks that we're going to cut, you know, put out there on Just Collect and on Vintage Breaks social media channels. Literally, we were just a couple dudes. We had some basketball on in the background, um, opening up some packs, acting like a bunch of card nerds and kids, <laughs> you know, really just kind of like taking a break from the daily grind. Yep. And it's very evident on camera. And it was it was cool. It was a good time. I like it. They should do a podcast. Yes, they should. Uh, but I have a feeling if I ask them, they might say, Hey, Leighton, do you want to do one? And, uh, you know, as my wife likes to remind me of, I don't have extra time. I actually don't have enough time for anything. Um, but, uh, I have enough time. We can get them started. Absolutely. Um, so once again, folks, thanks for tuning in today to Leighton's Loft, our weekly podcast here on the Just Collect and Vintage Breaks, uh, network. Um, in terms of the, uh, prizes, I would say... Let's have the, you know, whoever it's, whether it be Sam or John, give away the other six. First place already went to Kenny. Yep. The other six prizes are up for grabs. And folks, if you don't know already, we have a new event running. Um, and all the details will be up at event.vintagebreaks.com in the coming days. But if you want to see the promos right now, just check out our website, vintagebreaks.com at the top. Just scroll down slowly and you'll see our bonuses are going to run range from sometimes we have seven or eight. Sometimes we have 10 or 12. Depends how crazy the guys get when I'm not here. Um, <laughs> so that is our show for today. It was a lot of fun today. It went really fast. Had a blast. A lot of stuff going on. Didn't fit it in. So we'll, we'll be here next week, right, to finish up. Absolutely. We will be back next week at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks for tuning in today, all.